Not So Peter Priest's podcast, the podcast where a gay veteran and his emotional support Canadian scream into the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at Not So Peter Priesthood. And you can email us at Not So Peter Priesthood at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy! Bye! Hi, Jake. How's it going? <laughs> Great. I got a new blanket. I saw in your Marco Polo. It was really cozy. I'm super jealous. Somebody tell you it was fr- a frivolous purchase? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. That person does not know about this, so that's probably best. <laughs> probably best. Well, she can know about it. She just doesn't get to know how much I spent on it. So <laughs> we still haven't worked it on an intro, be. but welcome to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Hi, this is not so Peter Priestid. We're doing great. <laughs> are doing well. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll figure that out soon. Right? One of these yeah. days. One of these yeah. days. Time. But in the meantime, that's your host, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so good. Yeah. So good. So uh, wow. I hope the listeners are doing okay with their uh, after listening to. The bullshit that was Dallin H. Oaks. Still mad about it. (sighs) For the listeners, it's been a week. For us, it's been just a few days. So still still reeling. (laughs) We still have the trauma going in our fresh in our brains. But Mm -hmm. anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So today, what are we going to talk about, Dusty? We're going to talk about the new documentary that just dropped on Netflix called Sins of Our Mother. It's the Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell story. Mm-hmm. And at first I was a little annoyed. I was like, why does it seem like they're just blaming everything on Lori? But as I watched it, it made more sense. So yeah, I'll take off my <laughs> the man to be held responsible hat too. Because, yeah. yeah. I think in this case we can definitely say... Uh, yeah, we'll probably get into that, but I just like that she was definitely responsible, obviously, but also I think she definitely was uh, seduced and um, coerced, like uh, like coerced, coerced into her stuff. But like she was, um, she fell into his whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I think he was definitely the main culprit. Like he was the one leading the whole thing, but she definitely like. So she could be a victim in some ways, but like I think yeah. she also like was a I don't think she was a helpless victim. No, she, definitely not. And it's mostly her family that's involved in the documentary, so there's no really there's nobody really to speak for Chad, so Yeah. So that's probably why it was the Lori Vallow show. Yeah. 
<laughs> Anyways, so trigger trigger warning to everybody. Um, it's if you haven't heard about the case, you've probably been living Under not in North America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's made like like international, international news out here, news, sure, yeah. but I don't know if it was like global or whatever. So, um, yeah, so this was happening 2019 is mm. when all this was going on. It was um pretty much in the news. So just yeah, trigger warning. Take care of yourselves. There's it's, it's tough it's stuff. A lot. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it Especially made me cry. Yeah. yeah. Last episode, I was sobbing like a child, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So let's get into it. Um, yeah. So it's on Netflix. If you want to watch the documentary, we're just going to kind of respond to it, and, our ECMO take on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can binge yeah. it pretty quickly. Like it's three episodes. It's not that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's heavy, but it's not um, like it's not overwhelming for the most yeah, part. There's overwhelming moments, but it's not super yeah. heavy like some documentaries are. Yeah, it's very well done and digestible, it's, especially for how wild a story it is. It's like, yeah, um, like it's, it's such a complex story that I never really understood all the facets of. And this laid it out very clearly, I felt like. So, mm. yeah. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, which obviously we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so episode one is called the 144,000. Hmm. I already so, hate it, but, you know, it's fine. I always <laughs> thought that, like, a Jehovah Witness thing. I didn't know that that ever, like, entered into, like... Mormonism? Mormonism or, like, other Christianity. I thought it was just specific to them. Well, I know it's in the Bible, but I think the Jehovah's Witnesses get it, a lot of it because it's, like, so heavy in their doctrine. Like, they are very focused on that aspect, I think... Um, everybody else kind of either just doesn't understand what it means or they just talk about it like in the, like an apocalyptic sense. I think Mm. from what I understand, I don't, I don't know Mormons when you ask, I remember getting into a argument with Jehovah's witnesses on my mission and they were like, what about the 144,000? They were like, well, what about it? Like we just kind of like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. I mean, again, I have not been. I have not sat in a Sunday school class in, I don't know, 15 years. So I don't know. I could have been taught and I just have blocked it out maybe. But um, okay. So we start off talking to Lori Vallow's dad. Um, and he says that she is loved by her heavenly father, as well as all the other people who have been influenced and taken captive by Satan. And I was like, well, Right out the gate. <laughs> yeah, we're going right into it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's immediately saying that, like, she's not responsible because Satan has captured her. And I was like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, yeah, so she got married young, had her son Colby, um, didn't stick around in that marriage long. I guess that was, like, an abusive. They didn't, didn't really even, go into it. They didn't even show that guy. From what I remember, they just kind of, like, glossed like over munch- that real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She got married really young, so, um, because she was Mormon, obviously. Mm. Um, but she was, like, on the Wheel of Fortune. She says that God told her that she was going to go on the show, so she was, like, yeah. very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like, loved the scriptures and, like, loved learning about the gospel. Yeah, her mom was saying something about how she was, she took to it so, so quickly, and, like, she would spout off scriptures and she just like even as a young child she was very like yeah. very into it and I felt 
that was a really interesting turn of phrase that she took to it quickly. Like she wasn't, she didn't have faith and she didn't believe she just took to, I don't know. It just, yeah. it struck yeah, yeah. me as like funny phrasing to say it that way, but that could that's just be point. me overthinking just, everything. <laughs> no, I remember her saying that too and being like, that's an interesting way to put it. But mm-hmm. then I was like, and I, um, cause when you think of like spiritual stuff, he's not mm-hmm. like took to it, you know, that's like, she took to learning. She took to reading really well. She took to this, you know. But Swimming, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a, I don't know, like a learn. It's a learned behavior because that it describes it perfectly because that is what the church is. It's learned behaviors yeah. of how to function. Mm-hmm. So, right. anyways, um, so yeah, so she gets married to her third husband. There's a second husband in there somewhere that obviously doesn't last. They just again kind of glanced over that. Yeah. Um, so she marries a third husband and she ends up having her daughter, Tylee. So Colby's like over the moon. He has this little sister. He loves her from like day one. He's obsessed with her, which is so sweet. The way he talks about it. It is so cute. Yeah. Um, but then her third husband um, abuses Colby, her son. And so she leaves that marriage. And she says that she went to her bishop and told her bishop that she was either going to turn her life to the temple or commit murder. Mm, and so, she was so mad at the yeah. husband. And she was so angry. But if when you hear Kobe talking about it, she act, to him, she acted like she just was like, oh, well, whatever, and mm. moved on with her life. So it's interesting how he remembers it and how she First, talks about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember him saying... Um, like it was interesting to me especially like at the beginning of the documentary we get like we go right to colby too and he's like leading the conversation they go to him a lot obviously in this documentary and yeah um, it was uh just cool to see his perspective like from like this is my mom we're talking about like he's and then he's sitting with his grandma and they're like they're opening like pictures and stuff and mm-hmm. saying we it's hard to look at pictures of her. Yeah, like, like he doesn't even want and, the pictures. Yeah. yeah. And then she said um, she'll keep them for him. Yeah. And he, when he's talking about that marriage with that abusive guy, he said that, like, it started out really nice. And the guy was, like, really friendly, really sweet. And, like, um, and he presented very, like, everything was nice. Like, and he thought he finally thought that everything was coming together, that they were getting a family that they wanted. Yeah. Tylee was born, you know, and he was over the moon for her, like really protective and just, and loved her and just, um, yeah, he's like a lot, not a lot older. Like how old was he? He was like probably seven or eight, right? When seven or eight when Tylee was born. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's already right. like a, you know, an older kid. And then he's, and then they got this baby coming along and she's so cute and big old chunk mm-hmm. of cheeks and uh, <laughs> super cute. And they, um, the grandma talks about her, like the beautiful blue eyes that she had and like how she was just such a special little girl. But um, I just, I think where I was going with that was just like, it was interesting to see like Colby's perspective, like you were saying, and like, um, mm-hmm. The whole thing, like throughout his narrative, is just heartbreaking. You know, through from the beginning, like you can tell he's just in pain, and that he's just yeah. like still trying to process all this. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah, I can't either. I could not. I, uh, I don't know how you how you just live and keep going, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, 
yeah, so then uh, Lori marries Charles Vallow. That's her fourth husband, and he joins the church for her. Um, and that's when they adopted JJ. So this is kind of confusing. So Charles has a brother. Yeah, they has, had to do like a whole family tree thing yeah, with it. So I was like, yeah, okay. it's very <laughs> easy to follow when you can see it on the screen. But yeah, so, or was it his sister? Charles had a no. I think it was okay. Her name's Kay. Yeah. And she's married to Larry. Yeah, and I think that was yeah. His, I think that was his sister, but then JJ is her grandson. Her grandson yes so she had a son who couldn't take care of jj so they they didn't want to take care of him because they were older so charles vallow and Lori vallow adopted jj which would technically be their great nephew or like charles is great great is that what they're called i don't know what they're called if you're like a (laughs) trying to think so my Because would yeah. be great. It would be a great. It would be a great nephew. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure if I'm following the train properly, because his uncle would be, um, Colby, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Wait. Right. <laughs> no, he's like a cousin. Oh, then he's a cousin. He's like a. Oh yeah, you're so right. Okay. Colby's cousin is, um, JJ's dad. Dad. Right. So there we go. Okay. Second cousin. So second cousin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay. I was like, oh yeah. my god. See, it's confusing. Oh, I can't right? see it. It's <laughs> but again, they do a really good job because they actually draw a family tree on the TV. It's great. Yeah. Should have drawn it, but I didn't. Okay. So, anyways, so they have Colby from her first marriage. They have Tylee from her third marriage, and they have JJ from her fourth marriage. And yeah. Um. So. This is what I was going to tell you. Did you notice anything? So they they have recordings of Lori talking. Uh-huh. And when it comes up, it's like this big circle on the screen. And it's like surrounded by angels. It kind of oh, looks yeah. like something you would see in the temple. or mm-hmm. Kind of hokey and gaudy. But anyways, um, so it, when she's talking, it shows what she's saying on the screen. Did you notice mm-hmm. anything in particular about the text of those words? You said something about the font. And I was like, anywhere like. And I was like, no, why? And you're like, did you notice anything about the font that, that when they use Lori Vallow's voice? And I was like, no, why? And you're just like, I'll tell you later. And I was like, thanks. I love that. Okay. Anyway, Are so you ready me. for it? Yeah. It's the Book of Mormon font. What? Mm-hmm. Go look at it. Everybody look at like it. Like the cover of the Book of Mormon? Like the cover of the Book of Mormon. You know how it has that like particular font? Yeah. That's how it's written. I like had to pause on it and like I googled like the Book of Mormon image, <laughs> so I'm sure my ads from now on are gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to watch that again then. At least that I know. Part. It's interesting. All it's right. So familiar, like it like niggled in the back of my brain, and I was like, why do I know this? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why. So there's a little fun tidbit for you if you didn't notice it. But anyways, um, so it's this quote from Lori saying that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the gateway to get you to the temple so that the Lord can teach you himself. She said that she saw a spirit sister in one of the saints, oh, yeah. and she always hears voices in the temple ministering unto her. And she has been ministered unto by the angel Moroni. 
Ah, yeah. That was, I was just like, um, this woman's obsessed with the temple, too. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of where it gets, like, um, where she kind of starts veering off. It's because she's so obsessed with the temple and how it's just, yeah. it's the way the you know, to salvation or whatever. And I, it's like Mormon to the extreme. Like, yeah. I know a lot of Mormons are, you know, they love the temple. I love to see the temple, that stuff and all that. But like, I think the average Mormon is like, eh, it's just like, it's, they do it out of duty, you know? And I think yeah, it's, it's like, oh, yeah. it was so nice. And oh, it was this. But like, I think there's like that sense of like duty. And it's just like, and even you hear about people where there's, you know, like us, where it's just like, or, you know, other Exmos where it's like, there's parts in it where you're just like, oh, this is a cult, you know? Oh, what the mm-hmm. fuck am I doing right now? <laughs> you yeah, know? <laughs> it's like three hours that you have to like block out. Like it's a substantial amount of time. Like I know my parents yeah. used to go for like date nights and I'd be like, have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she starts to feel like Charles is not her spiritual equal. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So she starts listening to podcasts with her brother and she actually started her own podcast called feel the fire podcast. I didn't look to see if it still exists. I looked it up and it does not exist anymore. Yeah. Which is thank God for that. Cause it gets pretty, yeah. it's pretty rough. Yeah. No. Um, I was hoping that it was still up so I could at least like listen to some of it, but I was like, Hey, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go there, but I also just wanted to like, see what the real you know like get it for the from straight from it and like yeah and i was like oh yeah all the crazy people have a podcast but even the, some of this like snippets that they shared from the podcast i was like whoa like i don't know even just her voice kind of creeped me out so oh, not, yeah, that she, I, not that i not that i talk <laughs> No, but you don't have a creepy voice. She's got, like, there's something going on with her. Like, you can yeah. tell that she's just, like, unhinged a little bit. Like, there's yeah, something. Yeah, like, there's something not quite. There's, like, a disconnect. She, there's, like, yeah. she's just, you know, she's, she's very um, hoity-toity, like, as far as, like, I don't know. Just when I think of, like, she's really out there. <laughs> very much out there, yeah. Well, I mean. I, I mean, Angel Moroni never talked to me when I was Mormon, so. It's true. <laughs> Maybe that's our problem. That's oh, we weren't obsessed with the temple. Yeah. Darn. We started our podcast too late. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's not too late. Maybe he's going to come to us. And oh, like, yeah. And be hey like. Guys, I heard about dude. your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should stop that. Like, oh, <laughs> you are real, like Santa Claus. <laughs> and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> the Easter Bunny. Huh. Oh, J-Dog, you know, he had the thing going in the hat and stuff, so. Oh, my you goodness. Know. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, yeah, so <laughs> this made me so happy. Um, there's a conference in Rexburg. <laughs> Oh, God. That is called Preparing a People Conference. Yeah. Okay. Do you know about this? No, I don't. But, like, okay, so let me tell you. <laughs> the scenes where they would show Rexburg, I was like, oh, my God, this just feels weird. I'm like, I am literally right here yeah. in Rexburg. And I'm like, oh, I know where that place is. And then later, 
I know where that complex is. <laughs> right? Like, I was like, I wonder if Jake's just like freaking out watching. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it was triggering. I was just like, oh, God, this is right here. <laughs> I am in the thick of it. At least it's not happening right now. But like, <laughs> I wasn't here when it happened, obviously. But I was just like, um, I've heard a lot of people that have like were around when it was happening. They're like, and they just kept, they're like, oh, God, it was crazy. It's crazy shit. Like, and apparently at the courthouse, uh, whenever something is going down with her, her case, like, it's just a madhouse down there. And they shut down all the main street in Rexburg. And it's just weird to think, too, that she's just, like, right there. <laughs> super weird. That's super weird. I can I get weirded out when, like, hockey games show bars that I've, like, drank at. <laughs> like, fans and stuff sitting outside. Yeah. <laughs> like that's weird to me. I'm like, why is that on TV? <laughs> so, yeah, I can uh, imagine per- like my hometown being shown in a documentary. It'll be super yeah. weird. And of all places, Rexburg, Idaho. I never yeah. right. like, to fame now, I guess. I'm just like, cool. Well, you have the preparing a people conference, I'm sure. Oh, there's that too. That's great. Yeah. yeah, I love that for us. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it. I wonder if it's still like an ongoing thing because yeah, I um, I don't know. Like when they were showing that, I was like, "Where is that?" And then I was, they're showing Chad Daybell talking, and I was like, "And I can remember, okay, Chad Daybell, his books were always at Desert Book too." And I was always like, there was always like this like tone that people would take when they would talk about him. It was either one of two. It was either you'd either get like people that were really into him and were mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, he's great. You got to read him," and like all excited and stuff. Or there were people like mm, Chad Daybell. Like, it was just like a mm, disdain, you know, like, mm. it's a little weird. <laughs> My um, cousin, she, like, texted me when this was all going down. She just came out of the church, um, like, right before this all happened. And she was like, I've read all of his books obsessively. And I was like, What? <laughs> Oh she's like I didn't want to tell you but yeah <laughs> she's like I was like that kind of a Mormon I was like oh, oh my god <laughs> 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 don't touch me no. <laughs> six feet away please <laughs> it was nuts I was like how did I not know this we were not because I like I went inactive in 2006 mm-hmm. And was inactive up until I was like, nah, I'm out. So, yeah. Yeah. So we did not speak because I was the worst. I was a heathen. The The devil had captured you. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, once we kind of get into the Chad Daybell stuff, this is like where we go from like the normal Mormon path to like. Yeah, it takes a huge turn. Like, oh, 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 this is. This is not what I know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so he, oh my word. So we end up talking to like his ex, his ex missionary companion. Oh, um, yeah. First of all, they're like to understand Chad Daybell, we need to go way back to 1985, and I was like, oh, easy. Oh. That's not way easy. Excuse sir. me, <laughs> sir. <laughs> that was just recent. Thank you very much. <laughs> Young and supple still. <laughs> no. Anyway, just had to throw that in there. At that time. I'm still a spring chicken. 
<laughs> I was born in 85, so I was still a wee little baby. <laughs> it's a little baby. <laughs> it also depends on when it was, because maybe you weren't even, you were just it still on the oven. Bun. Maybe it was just a bun. <laughs> it was just percolating in there. <laughs> just <laughs> Give me a weird image of my mother. Anyway. <laughs> Now that I got that in your brain, you're welcome. <laughs> you pictures of my mom pregnant with me, and she, like, never showed. She was so tiny. Like, really? I was a really small baby, too. But, yeah, like, she's, like, showing me pictures, and she's like, that's me pregnant with you. And I'm like, where? There. There's no baby in there. <laughs> but I was always like, <laughs> you found me on the side of the road, didn't you? <laughs> That's a long dive into Dusty's backstory that we don't need to get into. <laughs> hey, the listeners wanted to know. I'm they, sure they, they really did. They're like, Dusty, we know just giving them what they want. Surprising. Crazy lady talking about another crazy lady. That's fun. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> What's that? The voices in my head are telling me to be funny. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> You're being ministered to yes. by uh, Rona is here. We're hanging out, <laughs> having a beer together later. Yes. Is he wearing a robe? Like, <laughs> yeah. Can you very see? inappropriate? Has a porn shoulder and a nipple showing. Oh my so. god! I know. I know. Pull <laughs> away, Rona. I'm a married woman. <laughs> or don't. I kind of like it. Nips <laughs> <laughs> <Let's check. laughs> um okay so anyways apparently Chad has had <laughs> <a> turn <laughs> turn. <laughs> this is uh not so peter priesthood podcast after dark <laughs> yeah. we get weird after bedtime <laughs> that didn't and, uh, sound great either <laughs> oh yeah let's I feel like we should probably backpedal a little bit. <laughs> Just say that Jake does not have a crush on the Angel Moroni. Although that could be a good that's the sentence that we need. But... <laughs> that's the disclaimer <laughs> we're gonna put in here. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? The Angel Moroni. <laughs> How Peter Priesthood were you? I was in love with Angel Moroni. I can remember, you know, these, okay, this is another tangent, but I can remember, you know, the whole doctrine where it's like, if you're a woman that doesn't get married, Mm -hmm. there's plenty of like, uh, like the, you know, Lamanites and stuff like the, what is it? The stripling warriors or whatever. And my mom, my sister, my oldest sister, she was like, yeah, if I don't get married, I'll just marry one of the stripling warriors. And that. she was like, so said on that. She's like, they're probably really hot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> I think of as like the picture that was in like the Blue Book of Mormons that had like the oh, yeah. paintings in them, and they were wearing like loincloths. Yeah, I could just imagine your sister up there like, what's up? And he'd be like, you. <laughs> Wife, ow. Spirit wife now. Spirit wife. You will be my tenth. <laughs> tenth oh, is a good God. number. <laughs> so funny. 
<sighs> Anyways, all right. So um, yeah. All right. Lori Vallow. Okay, preparing right. a people so, conference, right? Yeah, and so um, just oh, a backstory back. on Chad. He uh, has had two near-death experiences. Yeah, they don't yeah. talk about the second one. They just talk about the first one happened when he was cliff diving. Um, yeah. And he says that he, the veil was parted and he was granted profit powers. See, and I know one of his books is about that. Like his, yeah. And it's like, a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Um, so anyways, he creates Spring Creek Books, um, a publishing company. And um, he publishes books by Julie Rowe. So we kind of talked to Julie a few times throughout the um, documentary. So she um, also claims to have like prophet powers. And she says the church doesn't mm. like her because she's a woman with gifts. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, can see that. I can see that. Like, yeah. Um, which she but, was interesting because she was like... Um, First of all, I was like, oh, she seems all right, you know, whatever. But then she says that, and you're like, okay. And then she'll like say some things, and you're just like, hmm. I feel like I would probably be like, okay, you're hmm. – like, there's one thing about women with gifts, and, it's mm-hmm. fine, and I understand the church's stance on it, but it's like, it might not just be that. Yeah. <laughs> it might be it that might you be... just say some weird shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we do so. talk to her a few times, and it's – it's um she's not she's not on team chad <laughs> yeah. um, but there's pictures of them together and they're all smiley but so i yeah. think they were he, like on the same yeah. thing at first and, then, and so they had a good working relationship and then i think yeah. the past then he took, too much yeah 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 and she was like oh yeah i'm gonna separate myself from you it's a good idea lady <laughs> what was her name again julie Rowe, i believe her name is oh okay yeah um, okay, so Chad claims that Rexburg, Idaho is the new Jerusalem. Oh, oh God. Um, yeah, when I heard that, I laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. All right. It's bad <laughs> enough to think of Missouri as the new Jerusalem. And I'm like, Rexburg, Idaho? Have you been here? <laughs> <laughs> Only once. Uh, it was not memorable. Uh, yeah. Girl, I live here, and I'm like, what the... F-? Anyway. <laughs> Not for long, not for long. It's temporary. It's temporary, Jake. It's just keep Temple. thinking that's my mantra. I'm just like, it's temporary. Nothing lasts forever. This is it. Anyway. What? Tattoos and taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he thinks that his books are scripture. And this man who's talking about him is saying, like, he's creating, like, kind of a new religion off the back of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, adding to the doctrine with mm-hmm his belief system which is <laughs> great um yeah. so this is where um lori meets chad is at this preparing a people conference um <laughs> and they say that he like introduces himself to her and immediately says to her that they were married in a previous life mm-hmm. like i'm sorry can you take several seats <laughs> yeah and you know what that made me think of actually was Till Swan. Yeah. She um she had said to that guy, we were married in a few, past in a life. Previous and life. He, and he was became obsessed with her yeah. after that. And so yeah. this is like basically the same thing. 
Yeah, they, and I know you haven't seen it yet, but Bad Vegan talks about how they were together in a previous lives, her and him and the dog that she has. Oh. It's it's wild. It's super wild. Yeah. So it's like a recurring thing with manipulative people, I feel like. As soon as we like, oh, we've been together before, it's like that connection to them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But also <sighs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but Mormons only believe that there was one past life, right? We were, we were pre-mortal intelligences in the pre-mortal existence, yeah. and there was we a war in heaven. Yeah. yeah. So there was no, there was just that, as yeah. far as I remember being taught. Oh yeah. Well, see, this felt very much like a, like we're gonna. Like the past life stuff, and then it was like, so it felt very. Uh, what's the word? What's the, what's the, what's that called? Um, why am I thinking karma? But it's um, what is oh, that? Reincarnation. Called? Reincarnation. Yeah, it feels very reincarnation. Yeah, so which like the a, church does not believe in. This whole, yeah, they're taking this whole other belief system of reincarnation and morphing it into Mormonism, which is a whole. Yeah. Like, it's just like, let's make sci-fi even more sci-fi. <laughs> right. And just, like, to me, with Lori being so devout and so obsessed with the temple, that just, to me, would be like, that would be a red flag to me. To be like, mm, no, yeah. sir. No, sir. No, sir, that's not how this happened. I saw it in the temple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, very quickly, Lori becomes, like, obsessed with Chad. Like, has him so her and her friend Melanie are doing this podcast called Feel the Fire. Um, and he's like guests on their podcast, and like mm-hmm. they become like very, very obsessed with each other. Mm-hmm. Somewhat we think on like a platonic friendship level, but at first for sure. At but the, first, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah. the um. Also, we did like Melanie was an interesting because uh, we'll probably we'll get into her later. But like, they also make her sound like she she was in involved in a lot of this. Like she was very into it too. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, like she the kind of, end of days Armageddon preppers stuff. Yeah, it seems like yeah. she was very involved in that aspect of it. Right? Yeah, but then it kind of got a little too crazy for her, and she kind of like yeah. took a step back from that. Yeah, that's what I got because from that. Lori and Melanie live in Arizona, and Chad is mm-hmm. in Idaho, in Rexburg. So she's like traveling to these conferences, and like he's coming to visit her. Meanwhile, Chad is married to a woman named Tammy. They have a bunch of kids together, um, mm-hmm. and from what everybody says, like a happy, normal family. Yeah. So Ugh. it's just a little. Yeah. 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 Um. Did we so, skip over the Kauai part, or is that later? Like the so. Oh, we did skip over like, it. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. So they uh, was it Charles? She goes. Charles and Lori go to Kauai with Kauai. The Ty Tylee and um, Colby, Colby and, Tylee JJ. and JJ. Yeah, they all and moved they to all Kauai went. for like a year or something. Yeah, and it's a really. It seemed like it. This was pre-Chad Daybell, and they go. Yeah there and they um have a really great time and lots of great memories there and it's i think that becomes important later that's why i want to make sure that that's yeah yeah that's good that i forgot uh, to mention that part um yeah Kauai is like a big for their family um which was where they're like happy 
yeah. Weird connection for me where I, so in 2000, was it uh, 2007, 2006, I went there with my family and that was my first time I'd been to Hawaii and um, we went to Kauai and it was um, the last time that, like the last vacation that my whole family went with Aww. before my oldest sister passed away. And so, and those, that trip, so when I saw that part, I was like, there I can I can see why there's like a connection because there's yeah. it's paradise there's it's, yeah. there's something special about Kauai it's just this like very natural it's one of the most one of the more um they call it the emerald island yeah or the garden island one of the two um and they're like I think it's the garden island because it's the most greenery of all of the islands in Hawaii yeah and, definitely the um, most like naturally beautiful mm-hmm. place I feel like yeah, they've tried to keep that one as natural as possible. And there's, um, I think as far as like as far as the ones that tourists can go to, there's one that where only native Hawaiians can go to, and I'm I'm not sure. I don't know anything about that one. I'm, I'd imagine that that one's a little more like on the same lines, but um, I have no idea. But um, and then I just recently went there like this last summer, and it was kind of a, it was a reimagine like re visiting of all those places that I went to with Brittany and so it was like kind of it's special you know it was yeah. like a um, and I'm a different person now than I was when I went there and so it was just it was an interesting experience but then seeing this on tv and being like oh yeah I can see why and like them talking about Kauai like Colby's talking about it and how it's mm-hmm. like this he has so many fond memories about that place and like he said that that felt like the most the time when his family was the happiest yeah yeah like they just were normal and things were good and yeah and then Colby has to go to college and they end up moving back to Arizona the family does so it's and something was said about like Lori being told that they needed to move back to Arizona yeah and I feel like like there's mention of how like she feels like Charles isn't her spiritual equal and I kind of feel like Charles was like no like we've this is what we deserve we deserve to have this life in Kauai and she's I think because of these like podcasts that she's starting to listen to and this like way of thinking and all this stuff I think she's wanting to get back to the mainland where it's more accessible to engage in these groups of preppers and Armageddon is coming and all this stuff right that's kind of the feeling I got from it I could be completely off the mark but that makes sense I can see that yeah um so yeah so they move back to thank you I totally like missed that part in my notes sorry (laughs) you're good you're the one that took notes I didn't even take notes (laughs) so which tracks for how this goes but anyway (laughs) um so now suddenly like Lori's like talking with like her brother and she's saying that like Charles is actually dead and his body is being inhabited by a demon named Ned or Nick Schneider. Snyder. Yeah, that was like a demon named Ned. Yeah. Like, like come on. I mean, <laughs> like can he have a better name? Like, <laughs> like just watch just watch an episode of Supernatural. There's some really cool demon names that you can yeah. choose from. Like yeah. you know let me let me even I could I'm going to Google some names here real quick. Demon names for Supernatural. I'm going to have like a crazy algorithm. Demon <laughs> names. It's just going to match mine, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Supernatural randomly just always in your feed. Perfect. 
I mean, we got Alistair, we got Crowley, we got Azazel, we got Lilith. I mean, we got uh, Gabriel, we got Abaddon. Oh, uh, I forgot about Abaddon. <gasps> those are those yeah. are such good episodes. Those listeners are probably screaming like, "Shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> we know you're obsessed with supernatural. Get over it. It's been off the air for two years. <laughs> Echo Bell, like, which sounds like Taco Bell, but. Like, come on, Ned, Ned, <laughs> Ned. Ned Schneider too. Is he? Well, isn't Schneider like a Jewish last name too, or something? I feel like that's. I don't like, even know. Maybe I, I don't even know. Could be, maybe. It's maybe. weird. It's weird. But yeah, so she maybe starts saying because, that he, you know, I'll just get into weird shit with my algorithm and whatever. Like the, yeah. my FBI agent will be like. Okay, dude, what's going on? (laughs) 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 We're going to have to send in the the forces. Yeah, please stop stop (laughs) messaging about zombies and demons and (laughs) we've already gone down this road. Now you're talking about Jews. Like, I just don't understand what's going on here. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) word. Red flags everywhere. So funny. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, but I love Jewish people, just saying. Just putting <laughs> that out there. I'm not anti-semantic. Semantic. 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 We've talked about this before. The Jewish people are the nicest people ever. Anyway, All come on. The anyway, okay, moving on from that little. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so... Ned Schneider. So, is taking over... Chad Daybell has died, and no, not Chad. Charles Charles Vallow has died, and Ned Ned Schneider has taken over his body. Yeah. The whole talk, like whenever they talk about, oh, because like the texts and stuff, where it's like, bad news. Person, this person is is no longer with us. Taken over by this person, this demon. It's fucking weird how they talk about that. Do you imagine having that conversation, like? Oh, yeah, my husband. He's not my husband anymore. He's actually a demon. Like, if I text you that, can you please, like, make sure I get help? <laughs> like, like, let me check, please. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just right <laughs> there. Like, yeah, um, I'm I'm already on that edge. I've obviously mm-hmm. tipped, so just. Yeah, like, somebody pushed her over the edge. I don't know what happened, but you got to. She's talking about, like, a demon. Like, a, his name's Fred. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Although I feel like you would be able to come up with better names, so I don't seriously. Also, when uh, my sister was going through a really messy divorce, we referred to her ex-husband as Fred, so that's really funny because oh, yeah. he's basically Satan. Oh, okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> I was just—I really, was like, how did you know that? That's our go-to name for an asshole. <laughs> well. I'm not going to alienate any Freds that are listening, but like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I've. Can't say I've ever met a good Fred. So. I don't think I've ever known a Fred. Now that I think about it, I don't know if I do either. That's weird. Anyway, <laughs> we have digressed. All right, so it's fine. It's all. It's good. It's good. We got. We got this. Um. So yeah. So obviously, Lori and Charles separate. Mm-hmm. Um. She's living in their house in Arizona. He's. I think he ends up going to like. Texas or something I'm not even sure but he's coming back to see the kids obviously um he's coming to char or coming to Lori's house in the morning he's going to pick up JJ and take JJ to school um Alex her brother so Alex Cox is Lori Vallow's brother 
Um, and he is at the house when Charles is there. Wait, before we get into this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, there is a part where he, they show video footage of him talking to the police. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charles Vallow. Um, That's true. And he's saying that she is uh, going to murder him. Like yeah. he's, he's thre- she's threatened to murder me. Um, and that's the footage. I remember seeing that, like, because I, I remember when this was starting to happen mm-hmm. and they were, um, I remember seeing that, but that was one of the first things I'd seen. And I was like, what is going on with this? And then, um, and I, I watched all that and I was like, huh. And I wasn't, this wasn't as it was happening, but I was, I remember that this was ap- like, when they had discovered that the children were missing and I was getting background on it. And that's yeah. the okay. first things I had seen. And I was like, Oh shit. You know? And I was like, yeah. and then I found out that he, you know, gets, you know, that he died. And then, um, I was just like, and then I just got kind of obsessed with it a little bit. And obviously yeah. then finding out that so it took him. place in Rexburg, I was like, what the yeah, fuck? Exactly. So, so this is in Arizona though, but he's saying yeah. to the police, he can't find his children. He's scared for their safety. Um, and he actually ends up getting um, like a psych eval mm-hmm. paperwork for her to be psychologically evaluated to yeah. make sure she's not a, like dangerous to herself or her children. Right. Okay. And so he's trying to get the cops to find her and serve her with that. And it's this whole big drama. So yeah. somehow it turns out that like they're going to be back at the house and Charles is going to go and get JJ. Yeah. After this whole big thing. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's um, so the end of episode one basically ends with a 911 call and it's Alex very calmly on the phone saying that he has shot his brother-in-law in self-defense. Yeah, he was so calm too. Like, like unbelievably calm. <laughs> like I've just called nine one one for like a fire or like something like that, and I've been like talking too fast, even though like I am not physically like involved in the situation, and they've mm-hmm. had to be like slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Girl, I accidentally called nine one one. You know how like when you push the on the iPhones, oh, yeah. whatever the three times, whatever. I have accidentally done it once. When I was like shuffling stuff, I was moving stuff around yeah. and I realized what I set my phone down and I realized what it was calling and I was like, oh shit. And I answered so that I, they wouldn't like, you know, I was Send like, I am so sorry. Yeah. There was an accident. I'm going to make this real quick. I just, it was an accident. And they're like, oh, it happens all the time. And I was like, okay, cool. And I yeah. was panicked just doing yeah. that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, Seriously. I, I don't know. Yeah, I always feel like, I'm sorry to bother you. (laughs) But yeah, but he's just like, I uh, shot my brother-in-law in in self-defense. Yeah. Like, it was just no big deal. Also, I would like, you know, no anchovies on my pizza. (laughs) So weird. Also, can we mention that um, Alex, like, the relationship between Alex and Lori, like, they were, like, super close. And then there's, Mm -hmm. like, and he seemed to be kind of, like, her little henchmen you know whatever mm-hmm. and then um which we probably will we can get into more but like uh and then there's the other brother adam i think right adam yeah adam cox yeah he's i think he's the yeah. oldest and he seems to be like more like distant than from them yeah like, just, yeah like laurie and alex are very like codependent i feel like they yeah like not like you and i right. <laughs> <laughs> but like in a bad way yeah <laughs> Like, I think they egg each other on and, like, get each other more 
crazy. You and know what I mean? Into the weird shit and stuff. Yeah. yeah I get you. But the um, listeners just by the way, the codependency. <laughs> I was last yesterday. I was like, I haven't talked to Dusty all day. Like we'd been texting, whatever. And so I was like, I'm gonna Marco Polo her right before I watch this documentary. So I did that. <laughs> so you were like, hi. I, I feel weird that I haven't today. talked to you all day, I so I'm going to... I was like, oh, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Makes me feel so special. Love. <laughs> I mean, I'm needy. So. <laughs> 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 all right, well, moving on to episode two. <laughs> this one's called Dark Spirits. Oh, God, yeah. And we're not talking about, like, rum... Right. Not the good ones, yeah. Not good spirit, no. Um, so Lori lies to Colby. She says that Charles had a had a heart attack at the house when he was coming to pick up JJ. Um, she texts Charles's kids and says that their yeah. dad has died. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I was like, how can you just fucking text your stepchildren and say, yeah, your dad's dead? Is dead? Yeah. We're trying to, you know, let and, like, you know what happens. Three hours go by, and she's like, "I'm waiting on the medical examiner. I'm very upset too." And I'm like, "Bitch, that is a phone call worthy shit." Yeah. Like, come on. Like it was awful. So there's three stories that are to get told. I had to make like a little chart here to keep it all straight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Colby's told there's a heart attack. Uh-huh. The sons are told that nothing, that just that he has died and she's waiting for the medical examiner. And then JJ School is told that he committed suicide. So three different stories yeah. about his death. None of them are true. Yeah. That was so weird. And then uh who was it? Was it her friend from Kauai that was like, Why would you tell three different stories to or was that different? Was that somebody else? No, I think it was her friend from Kauai that was like, Why she is was like, this? Why would you say three different stories to three different people? And like, she's like, That doesn't make doesn't make it. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Like something's that shows just like more suspicion. And then I was like, It's she's very really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like if you're like gonna do this shit, like have your story straight. Have you ever watched like any Law and Order? Have you ever watched Seriously. any true crime or anything? Like anything. you obviously did not do your homework, lady. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Simply saying a gun went off in the house is like that's still technically what happened. But yeah. like, how do you keep lies straight when you constantly are telling different? Oh my god. Not that I'm a good liar, or anybody. Like I don't. And we're not condoning, like, people having their, you know, hmm, doing crime or whatever. But, like... Please don't murder your estranged spouse. (laughs) And if you're... I mean, have your story straight. (laughs) Like, come on. Seriously. Seriously. That's, like, 101. And, like, the shows and the movies and stuff, like... And that's how they get them. It's like, oh, they didn't have their story straight. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or their stories are too straight. If they're too exact, then you know it's, like, a planned thing. Yeah, all rehearsed. So you gotta. Okay, I got it. There's like a new one to it. Yeah. <laughs> Things that I would not be able to do under pressure, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I would just start crying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't remember what I'm supposed to tell you. <laughs> um, so Can I have I, some coffee, please? <laughs> I live, I live right right next to Yellowstone, right. And um, my coworker, she's always like, "I know the perfect way to get rid of bodies. 
by the way, disclaimer, this is not me telling you how to do this, but you know, anyway, so I am not in any way liable, but if you decide to do this, but you get a van, you know, you just not just, you know, put your bodies in the van and then you take them up to Yellowstone and you dump them in the, the hot pots, the hot springs. Oh, and it just yeah. melts. That's a good point. Disgusting, but yeah, the, like where the evidence is. Oh, Mother Nature took her. <laughs> yeah, I mean the amount of people that go missing in national parks is like astronomically high. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I feel as though I should probably disclaimer a lot of this stuff in the show notes and like in the stuff like we are not in any way condoning <laughs> <know any> murder. <laughs> We're just saying. Never, never. We're just saying what we're doing. Our is we're critiquing. We are critiquing Lori Vallow's whole shtick here because she's dumb. She's crazy, <laughs> and she's dumb because she's not figuring. She's not like, come on. And then we figure like, out I mean, more dumbness later. Should have told her how to do it properly, right? Like if Angel Barone and I was really talking to her, he would know. He'd like show his nipple and be like, "Hey, also, here's my nipple, but also." Here's how you do murder, and you do it right. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, Chad has profit powers, and he's in shenanigans with her. Like, he should be able to tell her, like, oh, they're going to figure it out. I don't know. I'm just always blown away when people who can, like, see the future get busted for things that they didn't see coming. Assassination. Um, Okay, so yeah, a couple days after Charles dies, um, she files a claim with his insurance, and that is how she finds out that she is not the primary beneficiary of his $1 million life insurance policy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure her heart, little heart sank. She was like, oh. Could you imagine thinking you're going to get a million dollars? And then they're like, "Mm, no, it's not for you. Mm mm. Then her first. <laughs> could you imagine if she just like accidentally said like, "The murder was for nothing." <laughs> you know, like uh. there is blood on my tile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How am I supposed to get that out with nothing? <laughs> Did she get anything from that? No. Well, she got like social security money. I think oh, yeah. they were married. So, mm-hmm. um, so she texts Chad and says that he changed it in March, so it was probably Ned before we got rid of him. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Ned did this. So then Chad responds, I love you. This is terrible, but it's probably another step in bringing down the Gadiantons, especially Brandon. First of all, so Brandon is um, Lori's Uh, niece's husband who they're having issues. So Mm -hmm. just to throw that in, we'll talk to him again later, but just so you know who that is in reference to. can we talk about the Gaddy Antons for just a quick hot second here? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> the Gaddy and robbers. We're just going to throw that in there. And also, like, okay, they're fictional, for one thing. Uh, yeah, for but one also, thing. Like, uh, they're not even mentioned that much in the Book of Mormon. Like, they're, as if you take the whole Book of Mormon as a whole, like, there's like a little blip in it. Two chapters of it or something? Yeah. Three chapters, maybe? I don't even remember. I just remember it because it was a funny word to say as a kid, Gaddy Anton. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so for Nevermose, if there's any listening, um, they were just these rubbers in the Book of Mormon that had secret combinations, which basically uh, yeah. meant, like, shady dealings and, like, 
special handshakes, I think. I don't even know. <laughs> Which that, you know, didn't really... Uh... I mean, so did the Mormons. So. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, like, uh, you can't blame them for those secret handshakes. Cause, uh, Do you think that the Gadiantans stole their handshakes from the Masons, or...? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wonder. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, then he texts her. So now, remember, he's in Rexburg, and she's in Arizona. He texts her, I'm going to shower and give you a blessing. It really will be okay, my love. You are wonderful. Uh, ew. Okay, so... Hmm. Like, how is he giving her a blessing from that many states away? Like, I'm not great at geography, but, like, that's a... It's a distance. Yeah. It's a distance. That's and like Mormons distance. believe you have to put like your hands on the head with the oil. We've talked about this. That's a good so. point. Yeah. That's a good point. You have to be physically there. And also if you're a woman and you can't you can't give the blessing because you even though you're physically there, but a man you have to call in a man physically to be there. So yeah. it's definitely there's importance of being physically there to lay your hands on the head. And also okay. When he talks about giving, let me go jump in the shower and give you a blessing. I'm like, ooh, that feels, that sounds gross. That's just, just like, yeah, that I was like, I don't need. Because I'm like, you're naked, you're wet. I don't you're know. Thinking what kind of about Lori. I don't know what kind of blessing you're giving, because uh-uh. like that's not the kind of. Everything about nobody in the shower. Mm-mm. You married man. <laughs> you nasty, nasty. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Lori packs them up. Obviously she makes it this huge drama of like, they're not safe in Arizona. They need to get away. Something is after them. Um, it's really dramatic. Um, Tylee, she's really upset. She won't talk to anybody. Um, sobbing and crying and very upset. And it's just so heartbreaking to think of. Also, um, going back to the oldest son, Colby, so he is already kind of distanced himself from the family yeah. because he marries Kelsey. Kelsey, yeah, who is not Mormon, and she is um, evangelical or something, yeah. I want to say. She's like, she's Christian. Yeah. And there's already like a kind of a rift between him and um, Lori because yeah. of that. Because he left like the Mormon church for his wife or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they're married, and she's pregnant. And yes. She's very sick, and so he's really focused. Like I think he blames himself a lot that he didn't do more. But like, honey, your wife is pregnant. You're working. You have your own life. Like it is not your job. And I find this happens a lot with like kids who had a single mom, especially boys who had a single mom, that they have to take care of their mother. Mm-hmm. And there's like this weird imbalance of power that they're constantly like. Yeah. trying to take care of the mom when it's actually the mom's job. And so I yeah. I feel bad for him because I feel like he puts a lot of blame on himself that he just didn't, oh, yeah. like, stop the situation. And that he could have stepped in somehow or known. Yeah. And, and that's easy to do, especially with stuff like this, is where it's like there could have been something, you know, and especially in hindsight, like, there's something I could have done. Um, if you have lost somebody that you love, it's, um, it's easy to get into that, especially with the grief of, like, like when I lost Archer, I keep thinking, you know, and that's still fresh. Or I keep thinking, yeah. like, there's something I could have done, and that's a dog, you know. And like, yeah, he was my baby, but like, and also even with my sister, like, I've there's always like that regret or that guilt of like, I could have, there was nothing I could have done to stop her death, but like, 
saying something different with when I last saw right. you know, or something, yeah. making that a little less like um, just kind of casual, you know, when I left and start and making it a point to like say I love you and you know yeah. that kind of stuff. And that's like it's, I think it's um, it's just a it's a human response, human response to and when I read this post about um, children that are what's the phrase parented like they're um they're made into parent roles was as children and they're they're given responsibilities that are above their age and i i feel like like you said like children of single mothers tend to have that a lot in their um in their upbringing and it reflects a lot on how they how they are as adults too because they're always feeling this heavy responsibility to take care of their parents and their parent or um and even like in their lovely relationships romantic relationships they feel like they they like the super responsibility that yeah. is not really um fathomable like it's not um what's been trying to say it's not um possible like it's yeah just, it's an over exaggerated yeah feeling of responsibility that is actually not required of them um if you've read the children of emotionally immature parents oh yeah i have that i have that book but i need to read it because it's it's very it's very good because it talks a lot about like how that happens and how your brain is molded and how it like shows up. It's it's yeah. Everybody in the whole entire world should read it. Cause even if you had really well stable parents, we all screw our kids up in some way. That's just the fact. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so. and, uh, I think that especially us, like children of the, like the eight, we're raised in the eighties, nineties, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that our parents and their generation, there was a and even like and Mormons like you, Mormons specifically are not. I don't. You, I feel like Mormons are very stunted. Yeah, yeah, I think they're very stunted emotionally because they're not allowed to feel certain feelings, mm-hmm. and so they never get to that ability to actually cope and to yeah. like work through stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I know and, for sure I am. I or at least I'm working on it, but I'm very emotionally stunted in my. Oh yeah you know how i and expressing and processing emotions yeah Yeah. and uh negative emotions are bad like you shouldn't and you can't express them otherwise and those are you just have to push them away and yeah focus on happy thoughts and be positive and whatever the toxic positivity but also but i feel like that came around more in like the late 90s and early 2000s yeah so i feel like 80s 90s it was more just like boys don't cry and girls yeah. are, you know, girls can rub cry some and dirt on it. Yeah. Rub some dirt on it. Just, yeah. you're not, it's not broken. Just, you know, yeah. go on play more, you know, and latchkey kids, you could just go home and while my parents are working and they'll yeah. you go home and you just take care of yourself for a few hours and then your parents come home. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Like I find, I, like, I'm always apologizing to my children, like, when I lose my shit and I yell. Like, I make it such a point to be like, that was wrong. Mommy made a mistake. I'm sorry that I lost my temper or whatever it is. Because, like, my parents never, like, it was just their word was law. And even if it didn't make sense and even if they were proved wrong, it didn't matter. They were always right. And I always, mm-hmm. as a kid, was so frustrated with that because I would be like, but you're not right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
So that's my little way of like making sure my kids aren't as fucked up as I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to break the generational curse, and I like that. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I'm sure I'll fuck them up in another way, though. <laughs> Listeners, I've seen Dusty in action, and she is an incredible mother, and um, she's always modeling behavior that is... Um, healthy and she is very communicative even like she's got these cute little tiny children that are like and she talks to them in a way that is like i don't know i just like they can understand but also like um you talk at their level but you also like talk in like a respectful way where that's like you're bringing them up to your level. Does that, I don't know if that I makes talk sense. To them like they're people. Yeah. yeah instead of talk like to talking like to them, children. like you're not yeah. condescending to them. You're talking to them. Like they are somebody that, um, that should, you know, and if they don't understand you explain it and, you know, it's at their level. But yeah. Anyway, somebody once, I think it was a quote that I read right when I had my first son, it was something about if you speak to your children in a way that you, or if you engage with your child as if they're the smartest, most wonderful human in the world, they will become that. And so I always try to keep that, like, if I speak to them as if they are important and their points are valid and their mm-hmm. their voice matters, then they will grow up being confident and knowing that they matter. So, because mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard as a kid to to be a child and then suddenly have to be an adult and never be taught how to... How to regulate Transition. your emotions and yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and what that does is also sets a mode for them that like if somebody comes at them disrespectfully and is like and isn't listening to them the way you know and is like um, or they don't there's a miscommunication or something it sets it so that they're it sets, it's a tone for them where they like that's not right I don't need to accept that I'm going to set a boundary on that and say you were wrong mm-hmm. and I will not be treated that way, you know? So you're setting up, setting them up for success really. Yeah. yeah. And I've noticed with my sons, like they, like they were getting very good at vocalizing their space and their boundaries. Like my oldest will mm-hmm. say to his little brother, like, I am not wanting to play with you right now. I am frustrated. Oh. I'm going to go into my bedroom and you are not allowed in my bedroom. And of course the little one is like, ah! yeah of course (laughs) but I'm so proud of those moments of where like he can articulate at five years old like I am taking myself out of this situation because I am not being respected because you're throwing Legos or whatever right yes I love it it's like such a proud like mothering moment where I'm like yes 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 and it's not and I'm not the parent but like no you need to play nicely I'm like no go have your your quiet time absolutely You are an important person, and having that base is so important. And it's sometimes important for the little one to not always be in his brother's face, too. Yeah, and that actually helps everybody in the household because it's not creating more yeah. drama and more issues. Where Because if you forced him to play with him when he's feeling that, then you, you would just be fighting. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, like, I need the quiet. I do not yeah. need the continued screaming for hours on it. So thank you though. That was really sweet of you to say. Because pretty much every day I'm like, am I sucking them up? Am I doing this right? I don't even 